2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. And what a golden opportunity now. Triple play action sets up the screen for Hunt. blockers in front, and Kareem Hunt will go right in.
1: Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. 1500 ESPN is now Score North, if you are just new to the party or wondering, and you can find all of our written content, all of our on-demand shows, Purple Daily, Touch them All. We have all kinds of team-centric shows, plus Score North Live with Matthew Collar, and us, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com. What do you guys think of the Cleveland Browns saying, all right, we'll do it. We're on the verge of making the playoffs and being relevant for the first time, and their general manager, John Dorsey, who we're watching right now on our TCL TV, he drafted Kareem Hunt originally in 2017. Uh, What do you guys make of the Browns saying, all right, we'll be the team that does it. Okay, we'll sign him.
3: Um, Somebody was going to, right? We all agree on that. Somebody was yes. going to sign Kareem Hunt. Oh yeah, yep. Because He's twenty
1: three, not twenty nine. Exactly.
3: So. This isn't the Ray Rice thing. Ray Rice was ousted from the league because Ray Rice had very little production left in him, and he wasn't worth the headache that comes with signing a guy at that stage in his career. Kareem Hunt is in his prime, so somebody was going to do it. I don't necessarily hold it against the Browns yet. I don't. I don't know what the guy has done to rehabilitate himself or to make right. What he did, what what he did to me is one of the most abhorrent things that a guy can do and any anything harming women, harming children. That's that's at the top of my list in terms of awful things you can do and things that are hard to come back from, but not impossible to come back from. I don't think that we should we should end this guy's life because of what he did, as awful as it was. And your initial instinct is, I want my pound of flesh. That guy should suffer because of what he did, and I want to see him suffer. And I get that instinct, and I have that instinct in me too, but the best thing that can come out of this is whatever deep-rooted issues lead a guy to do what Kareem Hunt did, he works on those, makes himself a better person, and gets the word out that other people in his position can be better people or never go down that road that he went down and then something good comes out of this. But I haven't heard from the Browns. I haven't heard from Kareem Hunt what he's done to work on himself. Not saying that he hasn't. I'm just saying I haven't heard what he's done to work on himself. I haven't heard what he's done to advocate for for this to not happen again. If he's doing those things and going down the road that somebody needs to go down to recover and to make right after you do something like that, more power to him, man. God bless, and I hope he, he accomplishes it. But... If it's just, hey, we think this guy is good at football and he hasn't really done anything, so let's give him a few million dollars and win some football
0: games with him, that 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 I is is a tough pill to swallow. I think from a PR standpoint, if I was the Browns or, or a team about to sign him, I, I would have much prefer that the league suspended him first. Like if you know he's gonna if they come out and, and it's I get it, it's not it doesn't fix things, but I'd prefer that they take action first and, and so then there there can sort of be it, it can play out publicly about what he's doing possibly, to your point, which we don't have right now. Um, so I would have, if I was the league, I would have really looked at saying, okay, he's going to get six games, and and he's going to get six games, and he's going to do a press conference, and he's going to talk about what, what he's doing, if he's going to therapy and all of that stuff. Uh, I don't think I would have jumped the gun here, though, first and signed him. So I get what they're doing. I'm not surprised. Nothing that happens in this league surprises me one bit. But I do think it might have looked better to have the punishment handed down, had a press conference where he does not have a team yet to talk about what he's doing, and then and then go about the next step of, okay, now we're going to get you back into football.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I would have needed to wait for the, well, I mean, I, I would have wanted to wait for the punishment just to find out, is he going to play for me? I wouldn't need to wait for the punishment to find out more about him as a person. He was one of the cases where the act was caught on camera. And so we know exactly what it was. We know to what degree he tried to cover it up. So, you know, all those things. And now you have to figure out, okay, is he the type of guy that's going to do this again? And now you're going to look foolish and maybe have your job in jeopardy. But to Rami's point, I believe that people do deserve second chances too. And Like Adrian Peterson, when when that whole thing played out four or five years ago, in the moment, this needs to be dealt with. You cannot put him on a football field. He's oblivious, and in, in, instead of taking ownership of his behavior and maybe being curious about, okay, why did half of America or more strike down upon me? Probably not the right phrasing there, I guess. Why did half of America um, look at my act as a transgression and like he didn't even want to engage in a discussion i guess so there's so many tentacles to this but i think to rami's point you can't just cut the guy's career off at age 23 and there is some element of separating as a fan too, art from artist because if you go down the path of well every time someone makes a mistake you cut them off and you either stop watching them as a fan or you stop employing them, well, is that really fixing any problems? I mean, if, if, should, shouldn't there be some element of guy gets a second chance, and as part of that second chance, he has to show that he's learned something, and he has to show that he's made
0: some progress on, on this platform? Question for both of you guys off of this, and I know that this franchise has taken some steps to get things right now. Are the Browns the best team to do this? In what sense? Well, they're just a team that has, has had lots of problems. They they just got through the uh, Josh Gordon thing in the past year. They had previously, now they're not right this second, but they've previously been a dumpster fire. I'm just thinking of the, of the franchises that if I'm this league, I say, okay, they're probably, if there's a chance to get this right, they will. The Browns still scare me. I just don't know that the Browns are the best team. And, and I get why, again, I get why they're doing it. Teams will do what they can to try and win games. But like if I was to list teams and and I was going to take a potential problem child and place him on a team, the Browns are way down my list at this point at least. Yeah, the Browns haven't done a whole lot to earn people's
1: trust that they know how to A, run an organization the right, right way, and B, they know how to... Maybe take a problem child, and I mean Josh Gordon is the most glaring example. If Josh Gordon had been in a different organization the last five or six years, he went to the Patriots, but it was you know the ship had kind of sailed by then. Would he have turned out differently, or or are we are we blaming the Browns for something that would have happened to Josh Gordon regardless of his location?
3: Also, this isn't I mean these aren't the same old Browns, and and I know that the Haslams are are still in charge and and own the team, but John Dorsey is a guy who at least for me has earned some stripes in this league in terms of how he runs an organization and 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 handling a situation like Kareem Hunt's. I'm not gonna hold what what's trans transpired with the Browns over God knows how many years when it comes to the Cleveland Browns against John Dorsey. That's a guy who's earned some benefit of the doubt with me. I'm not gonna let the 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 name of the franchise or the uniforms that they wear sway how I feel about John Dorsey. I, I think he's 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 a competent dude and and he'll handle this situation as well as a GM can handle this situation. It's a tough
1: situation to handle though. Yeah. Do we think okay just from a football perspective like forget about the fact that there's a huge risk here and the Browns are sticking their necks out and definitely taking a chance on a potential really bad apple. But Kareem Hunt in 27 career NFL games has 2100 50 yards rushing. He led the NFL in rushing as a rookie in 2017. Uh, He averages 10.5 yards per reception, five yards, almost five yards per rushing attempt. I mean, they're adding one of the best skill position players in the NFL to a team that was close to making the playoffs last year, and Baker Mayfield's on the rise, and that defense was really good, too. If the Browns are right on this, we might finally be seeing for the first time since maybe 1994 or 1995 a relevant Cleveland Browns team that can actually do damage and make the
0: playoffs. And he's going to get, what, probably four to six games? Probably. Six, yeah. six probably being the In that neighborhood, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, the there's going to be people upset about this, but it's not surprising. I mean, somebody, and this, this is a good place as far as the team goes, was going to sign this kid. And I think it's going, I think it could work. I just, the problem is he's going to be suspended. Then he's going to come back and you're going to have to get, get him into the offense, which is all fine and well and good. But if it backfires, if he has more problem, it's just it's a very fine line of does this work to perfection and the guy comes back and he's fantastic? Or does he come back and something else happens and now it's a distraction and it gets to be a problem?
1: See, the, the, lo- the local example here, and it's a little apples to oranges just because people are different and the, the uh, transgressions are different. But Dalvin Cook, when he was at Florida State, had a couple of incidents, including a battery charge and i believe he wound up getting off on he, he didn't he didn't do any jail time as far as i recall Fight outside a bar or something right yeah he was so he was um he was charged with misdemeanor battery after allegedly punching a 21 year old woman in the face several times during an argument outside a bar in 2015 in, in june of 2015 so there were some really shady things with the viking starting running back dalvin cook and that's why he fell to the second round. He didn't fall to the second round because he wasn't a first round caliber talent. It was the, it was the question of is this a guy that's going to run into a situation off the field, get himself into trouble? Um, turns out injuries have been the thing that have kept him off the field, not off the field issues. But the Vikings took a chance and said, "All right, we understand there's a history here. People deserve second chances." And quite frankly, as Rick Spielman. My job is on the line if I don't put a winning playoff caliber football team out here too, so these are, like John Dorsey will be judged based on whether he wins and loses, not whether he puts together the best team of good guys so I, there's a there's a bunch of different elements at play here, but the Vikings took a chance on dalvin cook they're two years into this thing they haven't gotten burned by it yet, and who knows maybe the, I don't know maybe there's things behind the scenes that we don't know about when and- you say it's apples and oranges you're right, but I, I think that the the
3: the the greatest separation between the two cases is public perception. And for whatever reason, when guys do stuff like this in college versus when guys do stuff like this in the pros, people are much more forgiving or much more forgetful that these guys did what they did in college. Joe Mixon, remember how big a story Joe Mixon was? Yeah. Nobody blinked an eye when he, when he eventually got drafted. For some reason, when these guys become pros, and I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong, People hold them to a higher standard and they want they want that pound of flesh that much more when a guy commits a transgression like we're talking about with Dalvin Cook or like we're talking about with Kareem Hunt. But when a guy does it and he's, in, and he's a professional player, it seems like for whatever reason the reaction
0: is that much stronger. In the Cook case, though, and th- this is the important question with Hunt, which is the culture of the Browns, in the Dalvin Cook case, the Vikings have their faults, but that room itself is a strong culture. And so they had the ability to put him with veteran players. And so, and I think they did a pretty good job of saying your friends are not coming along. And so the Vikings to their credit took steps to make sure that things went as correct as possible. And that's my question about the Browns and they, they might be there by now. But the question I have is, is your locker room strong enough? And do you, do you have the veteran personalities who can go to this kid and say, you are going home or I'm going out with you. You know, you're not going to the club because if a team has that, it's fine. If it doesn't and things start to go off the rails a bit, that's when you have problems. So
1: uh, we shall see if it works. The Browns are going to be awesome and they will be lauded for if it doesn't, getting we're gonna a guy's them. career back on track, I guess. Yep. Uh, if you want to chime in, 651-646-8255. It's the all-new Score North on 1500. That's S-K-O-R North and scorenorth.com. We are Mackie and Job with Rami. And Rami and I dove into this a little bit on Touch em All earlier today, which you can find podcastable on the uh, Score North Twins feed. But did the Twins maybe miss out on another available star caliber player? When they had a chance to, so we'll we'll dive into some of that and get Judd's thoughts. Hey Minnesota Sports fans, Phil Mackey here, introducing you to the all new Score North on fifteen hundred. Well you'll find Purple Daily at noon, Matthew Collar two to four, and Mackey and Jeb with Rami from four to six. Over at Scorenorth.com, that's SKOR, in addition to great written content, you'll find some of the most entertaining local Minnesota sports podcasts. Purple Podcast, Raised by Wolves, Myron Metcalf on Hoops. Touch them all, Roycey Unchained, and plenty more. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at Score North. Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. Did you just rerun that traffic report from the last sure, two
0: seems weeks? Sure, like Pretty yeah. much. I thought it was yeah. supposed to snow tonight, it's but now tonight it's going to be into the morning? Yeah, it's all day tomorrow. This is to the afternoon.
3: ridiculous. So it's holding off for tonight?
0: No, it's still be here oh, tonight. Oh, okay, But it's still going to affect the drive because great. Hmm. Just we fantastic. don't know how to drive in snow, apparently. No, we don't. That's true. Well, what is it? that?
1: Well, you can't... It's, some of it's... We don't oh. remember how to drive in snow. Some of it's also...
0: You just, how do you not remember when you live here, though? It comes around every year.
1: Did you have breaking news or something?
0: Oh, this is bad news for tonight's Wolves game, Phil. It's going to directly impact you. In fact, you might watch the game now. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins is out with an illness.
1: Yeah, an illness.
0: D. Rose is called? back, though. Yeah, D. Rose is back just in time for the trade deadline to be passed. <laughs> I wore my DRO zip-up uh, sweatshirt, and he's are, back in the lineup. Look we are, there. we are at
1: loggerheads what's today, the, me and you, Rami. What's the illness that Andrew Wiggins is? Sitting yeah, with I was tonight? hoping
0: that you could go through the segment putting in your own. I think guesses. it's maybe
1: long two with hand in face itis. <laughs> <laughs> is that like foot and mouth? Something like that? <laughs> is that similar?
3: Yeah. Is that
0: the basketball foot and mouth? Yeah,
3: they made him watch himself shooting a basketball, and he got sick. Wow!
0: <laughs> threw up right there on the spot. Oh my god! Is that me? It's too easy. It's too easy. Anyway.
1: Clippers in town. So, Judd, according to Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic Now, the Twins were, quote, in the mix on all star catcher JT Rail Muto, who was traded from the Marlins to the Phillies. So, the Twins were in the mix on JT Rail Muto. We don't know to what extent, but we do know that the Phillies gave up their mediocre catcher, Jorge uh, Alfaro. Okay who's just kind of a guy, just like, all right, give us your catcher. If we're going to give you our catcher, give us your kind of mediocre catcher. They gave up a decent young A-ball pitcher who wasn't cracking any top 100 lists and wasn't even one of their top 10 prospects, this Will Stewart. And they gave up their top pitching prospect, Sixto Hernandez. I'm sorry, Sixto Sanchez. It's a great name. It's an awesome baseball name. Love that name. He was there, according to Baseball Prospectus, their number one prospect and number one pitching prospect as well, obviously. Uh, so, and he, he's an able, he's like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So they basically give up their number one prospect organizationally, their number one pitching prospect. And a couple of guys for two years of JT rail Muto, mm-hmm. should the twins have had some sort of equivalent package? Let's say it's yeah, give this, me like, like Gratterall is the 19 year old He's their number one pitching prospect. He's 19 years old in able. Like, I'm not giving up Royce Lewis, but no. if they asked you for Alex Kirilov or something... I don't think I'd give him up either, to be honest. And Gratterall would be kind of the, the third prospect in there. Would you have pulled the trigger on that?
0: No, I would not have. No, okay, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Now, Now I will say this. It's very clear by this point that if um, the tandem of uh, Derek and Thad had their druthers, that, that they would replace Castro. Because the guy that signed with Milwaukee from the Dodgers, the catcher... Was, was, Grandal. Grandal, was pursued by the Twins as well. But no, if I've got to include... If the exact uh, package begins with one of my top pitching prospects, I don't think so. Not not now. Yes, at some point in time. Very soon, hopefully. But not now. Then when?
1: I think that's the question. When should they start trading from their prospect pool? When, when, when will they... Because it's not like you get to a certain day and it's like, oh, the microwave
0: dings and now
1: you're ready to trade your prospects.
0: Can I give you what I've decided for me personally, everything is rotating around. I would make trades and I would consider the future when I know it. And that hinges on two guys. And I'll go back to it again. Miguel and Byron. If they start to thrive, then guess what? I'm going in a lot quicker. If they don't, I can't and I'm not. So, 2019 to me is the absolute key for those two players because they will, that will now give me direction to answer your question of when.
3: Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. And when we, we talked about this today on Touch them all, Phil, and you sort of swayed me because to me, on the surface, I see a player the caliber of a JT Real Muto and I see the price paid and I go, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. But you're not in the winning window right now. That you're you're just not there, and you're not going to get there in these next two years until he hits free agency, and then it's a matter of well, can you can you keep him here beyond that? If I if I had some sort of assurance that I could keep J T. Real Muto for two years beyond the two that he currently has on his contract, I might pull the trigger on that because I think you might be ready to contend a year or two years from now. Just, but in that two year window that you'll actually have J T. Real Muto. I just, I don't see that trade being worth yeah. it. Yeah.
1: We went through this exercise. I just like went and pulled a random year of, of twins top 10 prospect lists. I'm going to pull a different one for, for this. In Touch Em All, we pulled the 2004 twins top 10 prospects. And at the time. Sure that was pleasant. Well, Maurer and Mourno were number one and number two. So if you would have right. traded one of those guys, you would have definitely been trading an MVP. Yeah. Because <laughs> they both won MVP awards. Yep. But Matt Moses was third. Third baseman. Uh, Who was the Australian, Grant Balfour was like seventh on the list. It was a bunch of Jesse Cranes and Jason Kubels. So when it does come down to, all right, here's your list of top 10 or top 20 prospects, and that's all they are right now is prospects, I'm not trading Royce Lewis. I'm not trading Alex Kirloff because I think those are your Maur Morno types. But once you get past those two guys, I'm open for business when the time is right. Because here's a 2007 list of twins top prospects. Okay. And the twins have like, they've pretty outside of a two or three year window there at the end of the Bill Smith run. Mm -hmm. They've always been top half of the league, if not top 10 in terms of coverage being stocked, right? So this list included Matt Garza, number one, Kevin Slowey, number two. So if someone said, We want your top pitching prospect. Whoa, whoa, Slowey and Garza are off limits. (laughs) No chance, right? I mean, you look like an idiot 12 years later now. Chris Parmalee was the number three guy on this list. He was plump. Come on. Give him a break. Anthony Swarzak was number four.
0: Also plump at one
1: time. Glenn Perkins was number five. Also a late bloomer. Did not work as a starter. Eventually became an all-star, incredible closer. Uh, Pat Neshek, number six. Somebody named Alexander Smith, who I've
0: never heard of. (laughs) Was he number a, seven? I'm sorry. Was he a baseball or basketball player? Was he Rick Smiths? Maybe
1: it's, it's Rick Smiths, left-handed throwing kid. Yes. Eduardo Drop Moreland, Alexi is? Casilla. Okay, yeah. Paul Kelly and Jeff Manship. How did and Kyle this? Waldrop. How
3: did this never materialize into a World Series? That's that's what I'm sitting here. It's wondering
1: shocking I... that the 2011 Twins team went in the tank four years after this. <laughs> Could have a
0: town team champion, Rami. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: But like, you might as well. Treat the current top 10 prospect list, not quite as this bad, because this was this was pretty bad, but you might as well treat it like half these dudes are not going to perform at so a high level. So to your question,
0: the when's the time right to you?
1: I think it could be right as soon as July. If you're in contention and you can get someone, it depends on how in contention you are. If you're in contention and you think you can make the playoffs, you should for sure be looking to trade prospects for a year and a half of service time, right? I mean, if you can get that starting pitcher yeah. that's, that has a year and a half left on his contract, I'm making trades in July. You yeah. should.
3: Yeah. Once you feel like you're within a year or two of, of striking, and didn't Thad Levine essentially say the same thing at Twins Fest that they want to make that move when they feel like they're in control of the division and want to put their foots on the throat of
1: the rest of the AL Central. Yes, I think that's the right
3: approach to take.
1: Yeah, and they're not there right now. The Brewers have always been. We've we've actually admired and, and just to reintroduce, Rami uh, joined our show a month ago, and Rami spent the last twelve years on the fan in Milwaukee, and so you've been ingrained in. And I helped build Brewers that culture. Brewers team. I had a I had a direct hand in building that Brewers team that
3: came one well, you've, one game away from. Rami wasn't the, World was in the Brewers front year.
1: office, and then in the afternoon he did a talk show. <laughs>
0: <Good job. laughs> <Yeah>. Mister Stearns,
3: <laughs> since. Since you guys brought up the Brewers, there's what I think is an interesting thing playing out on Twitter right now, so Justin Verlander, earlier today, tweeted out his displeasure with all these free agents who are still on the market. And here's the tweet. He said, 100 or so free agents left unsigned. System is broken. They blame, quote-unquote, rebuilding, but that's BS. You're telling me you couldn't sign Bryce or Manny for 10 years and go from there? Seems like a good place to start a rebuild. To me, 26 to 36 is a great performance window, too. That's Justin Verlander. David Sampson, the former president of the Miami Marlins, Oh God, and a regular on the Dan Levitard show, he quote-tweeted that and said, there is a problem that will not be fixed by players systematically tweeting about the broken system. The reality is that players and agents have to adjust to a new reality. Uh NL MVP, Christian Yelich. Oh, God. (laughs) Samson's right. I like that tweet. He said, consistent with your anti-player rhetoric, but adjusting to this, quote, new reality isn't exactly the solution either. Wow. That's his former boss, Wow, who he's, quote, tweeting
0: and responding to. Oh, I love it. And this is why there's going to be a lockout or a strike. I love this. Something's going to Hey, it's, so, it's
1: been pretty good. Baseball labor so, has
0: been good for about two decades, so uh, yeah. some fireworks are due. So in Bryce's case, would he be wise right now to take, let's say, what the Giants are trying to offer him, which is a short-term, very rich contract, and basically sign a deal that would take you through 2021? I believe the CBA, the CBA is up after that, and there's going to be, at this rate, a stoppage. If you're Bryce, and I think in 2021 you'd be what 29 or so, take that contract he might and, be younger than and that, basically right? come out of the strike w- with the ability then to get a new contract. Well, with or without a strike, I would sign a five-year
1: contract for 200 million dollars.
0: I think you probably would too, and I would have I think enough, enough is money. No.
1: But I would okay. Well, then, then, then you're fired. Like Scott, well, I agree with you. Scott Boris is operating under. The parameters that existed ten years ago, he still walks into rooms with binders. I know. Okay? No, I'm Phil. I'm with you here.
0: That's legitimate. That still happens. I'm with you. I I think
2: that if, Amateur, we're I, we're out of paper. Scott <laughs> Scott, Bor- what's wrong with this machine? Scott
0: Boris does not have Bryce Harper's best interest in his heart. He has Scott Boris's. I think you're right. I think if you're Bryce, take a five-year deal or so. It's going to be filthy rich, and then when this is because this is this what we're seeing now—the last two winters, boys—is not going to change. Hey, let me ask you. Okay, I agree the with that. The free yeah. agent market ain't going to like go crazy next year.
1: Okay, two-part question. Put yourself in the Twins front office right now. You're okay. Derek Falvey. You're Thad Levine. Okay, mm-hmm. and Bryce Harper is still sitting out there, and you and you know you're not going to go eight years, ten years. You just you're not in a spot where you can gamble that a guy's going to be that good for eight years if you get one shot at a contract like that and and, and you you know you're you're going to spend around average to slightly below average you know compared to the rest of the league. you can't have five Bryce Harper contracts on the books you can't have two If you went to Bryce Harper and said, "All right, we'll give you a five year deal for two hundred million dollars for question number one, would you offer that? Because I would in a heartbeat... What were the numbers again? $40 million a year for five years. Sure. $200 million, Yeah. And he. Pl- and sorry, Max Kepler, but yeah. Bryce Harper's playing right field now. Okay. And we'll find, I don't know, we'll find a spot for you to hang out in the clubhouse. And MLB
3: right. Network was reporting today that the Giants are ready to make Bryce Harper a lucrative but short-term offer. If, yeah. I, if I'm a team like the Twins, I see that report and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. You're considering short-term offers? Yeah. We want to get in on this. You know what I mean? That's that that completely changes the pun very much intended ball game to me. If I'm a team like the Minnesota Twins, and we were talking with uh, Jason Stark the other day, and I brought up the 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 idea that I had to prevent some sort of work stoppage, which was you cap the the number of years that can go on a contract at four years or five years, but you give Major League Baseball players their freedom sooner than what they get it now. Now mm-hmm. they're under team control for six years cut it down to three or four. And Jason said, well, that would be a problem for smaller market teams like the twins or like the brewers, because they just assume that they'll lose all their superstars after three years. But if I'm a, if I'm a smaller market team like that, I'm willing to go in on some of the bigger free agents. To me, the market grows for some of the bigger free agents like a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado mm-hmm. if you're only talking about four- or five-year deals because now these teams aren't handcuffing themselves for a decade to a guy who is, is isn't going to live up to that contract for
1: the, the, the back half mm-hmm. of it. So part two to the question is, if you offer that, what do you think Bryce Harper and Scott Boras say? Do you think they say no to a five-year,
0: Boris would he, $40 million-a-year contract? Boris, I think, does immediately, but the important thing is the client. I mean, I'm offering that yesterday hey, if I, I'm Derek Falvey. I think we're getting to the point of there's a fighting chance that, that Harper is going to have to fire Boris to get a, a contract done. Boris is dug in here, but he's dug in playing a game that's done. Mm-hmm. Like he's lost the game. And Bryce is the one, Bryce is his one kid left saying, no, look at Junior here. You still got to pay him. I think if, I think in the best interest of Bryce Harper, I would say, Scott, you're fired. And then I think to Phil's point, you got a fighting chance then of going to a guy and saying, here's five years. It's a ton. And by the way, the structure is completely going to be changed. Your next contract. I'm the sorry.
3: fact that Machado is still out there and the fact that we saw what was out there last year with guys like you, Darvish, who didn't sign until spring training had almost started, tells me that for as much power as Scott Boris holds, this goes above and beyond Scott Boris. This is the players' union telling these guys, You can't settle. You're setting the bar for the guys who will come after you, and Correct. you cannot settle. Correct.
0: You have to get what we set out to get when this offseason started. And and the players' association, from my understanding right now, is being driven by the agents. So they're the ones saying, "No, no, no, you can't do that." But yet here we are for a second consecutive winter going into spring training with how many players not employed? No. It's ridiculous. Hey, I mean the the, the
1: twins. So, yes, lucked, I think that's a good idea. The so. twins lucked out ten years ago when Miguel Sano was going to sign elsewhere for five million dollars as a sixteen-year-old, and the twin, and then something went wrong. I can't remember what happened in the movie Pelletaro, but they, they 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 took advantage of a of like a loophole in the market and they got Miguel Sano for three million dollars. Yep, and then he started to eat. Is there a loop? <laughs> he did. Sorry, yes. couldn't help myself. Is there a loophole in the market that could open it up? I would just be really curious to see what are all the deals on the table for Bryce Harper. In Sano's
3: defense, if I scored a three million dollar payday, I'd probably put on a few pounds too. Like, I'm just going to...
0: Oh, we'd go hit the restaurants, wouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you hit, buy for me? Hitting all... Yeah. I, if I was making 3000000 million, I'd buy you a meal, Joe. Take Judd along? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'll have everything... Thank you. We'll wrap with Royce when we
1: come back here, but uh, Judd's got a new message.
0: I do. I do indeed. Before we go anywhere, I want to talk to you about my new friends at SeatGeek. That's right. I said my new friends at SeatGeek. The great thing about your desire to go to a sporting event these days is it's never really sold out, right? There are tickets available. But this gets us into two key things, folks, where you go for the tickets and whom you can trust. I've got the answer to both of these questions, and not surprisingly, it's SeatGeek. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price that you're willing to pay. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Just go to SeatGeek.com and you will see all the ticket buying options. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. SeatGeek needs to be your go-to source for everything, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code JUDD. That's promo code JUDD, J-U-D-D, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, and guess what? We have the tickets. That's it for the traffic updates today. Thank you, John, huh? Yeah, Appreciate it. Short, simple, sweet. Here you go. Nagy and Jeb with Rami.
1: Uh, we wrap with Roycey. All right, we, let's just throw this baseball question out at your Pat. You ready for this? I'm
2: I'm ready. Let's go, okay. Matt.
1: And uh, Roycey Unchained in 15 minutes, if you're listening live on uh, Score North on 1500.
2: I just listened to it. That's pretty good. We did pretty good today. <laughs> it's okay. We'll
1: find out mm-hmm. what the masses think in 15 minutes, Pat.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. I always worried about the audience. I've worried so much about the audience. That's why I don't have one anymore.
1: You know what so. Pat's motto is as a, as a columnist?
2: <laughs> Bleep the reader. I <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I write for an audience of one, baby. <laughs> you know. All
1: right. And I appreciate that. If you were, <laughs> if you were Patrick Falvey or Patrick Levine, okay? Mm-hmm. And you know that the Giants not are. Many,
2: not many Jewish guys named Patrick, but go ahead. That's okay, good. that's fair. You no, know, Levine is not a. There's not a lot of Patrick Levines out there, but that's okay. Okay. But you if know. If I that, was an Abraham. Let, let's say if I was uh, Joel Ricey. Okay. Joel?
1: Okay. Joel? Okay. We'll call you Joel. <laughs> okay. okay. So you know that Bri- Bryce Harper had a meeting with the Giants, and the Giants are right. interested in something shorter term that maybe the ship has sailed on these. The deals that Scott Boris and company
2: want ten years, three fifty ain't out there.
1: Okay. If you're the twins, what is the downside in saying, "All right, well, if we're talking short-term stuff, here's two hundred million dollars over five years"? What's the downside?
2: Uh, it's a little hefty. It's a little hefty, but uh, I give third. I give one seventy-five. You know, for uh, for five years, I'd give him one seventy five, one eighty, something like that. Nothing. There is no downside. I think the downside is that he's uh, he's looking for uh, if he's not going to get the money, the complete money he wants. He's looking for a franchise with more sex appeal than the Minnesota Twins. So that w- that would be my uh, problem. But I, you know, throw it. Let's not throw it out there like the uh, the other things they've thrown out there. Actually, you know, you just call them. They, they they got a fairly good relationship with Boris. You know, they, Royce Lewis, he's with Royce Lewis's guy. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, what? How about four years uh, 40. How about four years 160? How about that? That'd I'm, be good. I'm in for that.
0: Yeah, I'd be all in it if he could do that or would.
2: Yeah. Do you think Boris. Had- One, 160. I said 160, right? I didn't say 60. I meant 160. Hey,
0: Pat. Yeah. Do, do you think Boris at this point. Is really concerned about Harper, or is he more concerned about the perception of himself?
2: Well, he's always more right. concerned about the perception. But like, how of much itself. does the client
0: play into this now?
2: Well, you can't screw up. You can't. You can't be perceived by the other superstar players to come to not care about Bryce Harper. So, yeah, I mean, he's. I think he. He takes care of his clients. They all, they all, not all of them. Some people leave him because they feel like he's worried about other superstars and not theirs. But, but he, he'll, he's got Harper's best interest in mind. I really think. And, uh, but you know, Harper's a huge ego guy who wants to be the face of baseball and and he wants this. He wants to be the highest paid player of all time. So, but this can't go on forever. I mean, it's gotta, you gotta solve this problem here by the end of the month at least, don't you? But Pat, gotta get him signed. You have Harper
3: out there. Machado is still out there. Last year you had Jake Carrietta, you Darvish, uh, JD Martinez, who didn't sign till until spring training had already started. That leads me to believe that this goes beyond Scott Boris or any agent. It seems to me like the the players' association is pulling the strings and telling these guys you can't settle for less because then the rest of us will have to settle for less.
2: No, I uh, the Scott Boris dictates to the players' association, not uh, not vice versa. The Scott Boris is more powerful than the players' association, in my opinion. Uh, you know, he's uh, you know, no, I, it, and also you. The, the guys you mentioned from last year compared to the two guys that are out there right now, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not even close. I mean, these, the excuse for everybody else was age, right? And now you got two guys, 26 years old who are yeah. two of the greatest in the game. Now, Machado cost himself a hundred million dollars last year, uh, by acting like the jackass that he is, but, uh, in the, in the postseason, but, uh, Harper, there's, he, he he was really good the second half of the season. He, you know, he was obviously pressing the early half of the season. And, uh, I think next to Trout, I might take him. You know, I'd I, I take him in a heartbeat. So, because mm-hmm. he is a, he is a guy dedicated to being an all-time great, and that's what you want, right? Man, Manny Machado is dedicated to getting all the money he can.
1: So. Uh, which which Twins minor league contract, big league invite flyer excites you the most? Is it is it Lucas Duda with a couple thirty home run seasons under his belt, or is it yeah. tiny tiny
2: Tim Collins
1: in Twins? Camp? I,
2: I am uh, interested to see Tim Collins, who's had, had about seven different surgeries, right, uh, since he was the five foot seven feet arm. Duda. You know what? I think Logan Morrison kind of cured us all of uh, left-handed power hitters who happened to stumble into 30 0 runs. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of cured us of of that. I, I looking at that list, there's not really, uh, you know, one of those uh, one of those guys. How about Adam Rosales? What the Levine well, Levine was in Texas when they were getting him like every other year, right? I mean, he in Oakland, he was going back and forth. But uh looks to me like they're trying to get some guys that they're going to help Rochester win some games. Rochester might be getting disgusted with them out there or something. I, I don't know. i got to bring something up here. Now, I see today, in a desperate attempt for controversy, we have leaped on... The fact that should Adrian Peterson return to the Vikings, okay? That was me. Thanks. First of all, what we should all be concerned for Terrell Davis's post-concussion syndrome for bringing this up, right? I mean, the, he should be rushed to the head doctor right now to even bringing up this idea, right? Would you not agree?
1: Judd, Judd would agree more than I. Yeah, and I think Ronnie it's ridiculous. Yes, we can. What, there's, what, there's,
2: what do we? What do you need him for? Need is a strong word. available, but
0: um, no, he's not. He's with Salt Lake. He, yeah,
2: he's having a great career
1: right now. He in the
0: just got a. A. a touchdown okay. last night.
2: <laughs> did he get a touchdown? Yes. <laughs> he he did. Didn't you? Uh, didn't you watch? Football, Wait, how far out was uh, the no, touchdown?
0: I mean, like four yards. I know. Four we
2: yards. didn't have that game. We had the other game. We didn't have the Salt Lake game. I oh, no, you had regional coverage down in Florida. You didn't get that game, huh? And. And B, now that we've addressed the Adrian Peterson, should he return? You see who's available in basketball, don't you? Beasy. Should Michael Beasley return to the Timberwolves? Throw it out there. Let's see if we can get well, Pat, a move to get Beasy back. And then you can maybe sell him his cheese grater back or his toaster. I
1: was going to say, if he wants his toaster back, he's got to come, <laughs> come get it. Right. Casa de Mackey. Yeah,
2: Beasy. Very up. Where was Beanie? He was at the Clippers, right? No. Lakers. He? He- the the Lakers, Lakers traded
0: him to the Clippers, and the Clippers waved him. Pat, can I tell you the uh, the most mad
1: I've ever been at my late mother was when she yeah. came over to my old condo this is probably mm. about 5 years ago now and she decided mm-hmm. she was going to do a nice thing and do some mm. cleaning of my kitchen and the sink Let and I'll the dishes. I had I had bought Michael Beasley's toaster, crumbs and everything <laughs> from yeah. his estate sale. <laughs> Pot residue left the crumbs in the toaster for 2 years while it sat in a corner in my kitchen oh, and no. showed it out to people and my mom
2: cleaned the toaster oh, unknowingly. Like, oh no. It's like oh, when mom okay, throws out you were the baseball cards. Tell me I thought you gonna tell me she threw it away, that would have been even worse. I think I could put up with her you know, cleaning it. I think I could have put up for that.
1: Mm, those so. Michael Beasley
2: crumbs, man.
1: But Priceless.
2: Beasley. Who would have thought where was he scarred sixteen? He was in China, right? He dropped, he dropped fifty or sixty
1: in a Chinese game. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, he was over there. I never thought he'd come back. He came back and got more time in the league. He's been in the league last couple three years. So, did you Way see the, the other
1: the other Twins minor league signing that uh, that we we talked about this on Touch 'Em All today? Willin Rosario, that tw- he hit twenty eight yeah. home runs with Colorado five years ago. You know, he went to the KBO for two years and hit. I want to say he had a hundred. He had like two hundred fifty RBIs combined over two years and. What, uh, 70 home runs. What
2: happened to him after he had a big year? I can't even remember. Colorado, 28 home runs?
1: Yeah. As a 25 well, year old. I
2: don't I don't like this. I don't like them looking at this guy because it could be competition for Willis Estadillo. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, you're <laughs> right. I want competition. Yeah, well, with it's my whole, the only thing I want to see this spring is when it ends. Willie's number twenty-five, the twenty-fifth man on the team. I, I'm very fearful that's not going to happen. But you know what? He had a fabulous year in Venezuela in the winter league, finishing second to Delman Young uh, for the MVP award. Hey,
1: well, you're down in Fort Myers. Why don't you start putting together some political campaign signs? Put them in people's yards down there. Mm-hmm. W- Willie for twenty-five.
0: When's the last time did you wear this attached to a Twins player?
2: Boy, I can't remember. Uh, who the heck was it? You know, who would it be? Disco Dan, Randy, you love Disco Brandy Dan. Bush, okay. Randy Bush, maybe. <laughs> Bush. I loved Randy. Thought it might be Dan I Ford. Randy Bush,
0: huh? Tony. I, I said Disco Dan. I thought it might be Dan oh, Ford. Yeah. God, Go Disco Dan.
2: home. Disco Dan was my. Disco Dan was. Uh, you know, I was the beat guy then, and he, you know, every day you can have a note on Disco Dan. It was, uh, you that was. Did he agreed to? You know, with Disco Dan, what made him great though was. I saw him on second base with uh, only maybe 200 times when they hit a ground ball to the shortstop, and 200 times he took off for third. <laughs> the, the ball hit in front of him. The old adage about, yeah, you got to, you know, you, the ball's hit towards the shortstop hole. You can't run to third. Not Disco Danny, baby. He was off <laughs> the ran? run.
0: Your know, mock story yeah. is the best of all time. Go oh, yeah. home,
2: when he, Uh When he uh, he was on third and uh, Jose Morales, the slow moving uh, designated hitter, not the fat little catcher we had later, but the DH, and uh, it did, he Jose scored from third before uh, from second before Danny scored from third. Uh, Danny backed up and uh, and Jose slid in, and then Danny realized he hadn't touched the, the plate. Uh, that was that's one of my five greatest events as a Twins beat changer, I'll tell you that but that was fantastic. I love that hey, one. Mock, uh mocked through him, Mock sent him home. We got down in the clubhouse and Danny was gone.
1: What uh, what are people going to hear coming up here in a, in a couple minutes on Royce Unchained tonight?
2: Well, we kind of uh, break down how you know a guy's fat or not, uh, you know, and then we uh, we we have a nice ten-minute discussion about the Breslin Hamill documentary. There, seven eight minutes, the, the two great newspaper men from New York, and uh, and we kind of try to figure out what's wrong with Gopher basketball. Uh, and talking about how now all uh, you know, seriously, I think this is a really fascinating sprint training with the twins because everything is so new. And uh, you got know, you got Buxton, you got Snow, and uh, we got the dogs mad at each other out here right now in front. But uh, uh, the uh, Buxton and Snow, uh, whether they're going to become something or not, this is make or break year for both of them. So I think I think it's a really good spring, and we talked about how this is going to be an entertaining spring training. All right,
1: that's Royce uh, and Jane coming up here shortly. Uh,
2: Okay, and uh, no snow in the forecast here for tomorrow, so light right. rain a little. Thanks, Pat. No, no, that's great. All no. right. appreciate no, that. Right.
1: Let's cut okay. him off. Cut him Bye. off. Cut him off. Top up. Veteran, so. <laughs> top up. Man, Randy Bush, old Cubs assistant general. Yes, manager. sir. I remember Randy Bush. A lot of good Randy Bush memories. In oh, the man. There, oh, so many good memories <laughs> of Bush. Well, we'll tell them all tomorrow. All right. <laughs> Two hours of Bush stories tomorrow. Mackie Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-news score on.